0: Hello, and welcome to the Writers and Illustrators of the Future Podcast. This is John Goodwin, your host. This podcast is dedicated to the aspiring writer or artist, and will provide inspiration and tips from top professionals in the field, along with contest winners and a few surprise guests. Today, we are speaking with Elizabeth Chatsworth. She's our first winner being published in volume 37 that we will have been doing a podcast interview with. She is a British author and actor based in Connecticut now. She loves to write of rogues, rebels, and renegades across time and space, which we will be talking about momentarily. Her debut novel, The Brass Queen, shares this fantastical Victorian age setting with her short story, Widow. Elizabeth enjoys martial arts, horseback riding, cosplay, video games, and baking, but never at the same time. There's a rumor that she possesses the world's best scone recipe. Leave your calling card at her website if it's see if it's true. So welcome Elizabeth.
1: Hello, thank you very much for having me on the show.
0: So um, we've not met yet in person um, and hopefully when uh, this whole COVID pandemic scene comes to pass, we will see each other at the Writers of Future workshop and awards event. But I want to talk to you about um, yourself as primarily as a writer, but everything else. So just Briefly, tell me just a bit about you other than what I've already read.
1: Well, as you may be able to tell from my accent, I'm not originally from Connecticut. I'm originally from Sheffield in Yorkshire, England, and I came over here to America in my 20s to find my fortune, and I'm still looking for it, but certainly winning a spot in Writers of the Future was something worth coming over for. So it's been a wonderful ride the last 20 years here, and I still haven't lost my accents, as you can tell.
0: Which is very nice, I love I love British accents.
1: Oh, thank you, I love people who love British accents, so we're, we're on the same page. <laughs> excellent,
0: excellent. So, has writing been your primary vocation, primary avocation? How's it? How's that fit in with your um, what you do?
1: Well, actually, no. I mean, I, I've always been an avid reader since I was a child, and I studied English literature at university in England. Um, but I actually worked in marketing for many years and um, for a computer software company and various other companies. And um, it was my husband. Uh, we who encouraged me to start writing. So basically, I was approaching a birthday that had a five and a zero in it. And I said, you know, of all the things I haven't achieved in life, the one thing I wish I'd started was writing fiction. And he said, well, it's not too late. Why don't you get on that? And I said, well, I had no, had absolutely zero idea where to start. So he suggested I should sign up for a course. So I signed up for David Farland's online course, uh, The Story Puzzle. And one of the first exercises was uh, a world-building exercise. And I decided to write a steampunk chapter. And that became the chapter of my debut novel, The Brass Queen, which is actually being published next January 2021. So it all started from my husband encouraging me to do something I'd never had the
0: courage to start before. Wow, what a story. That's awesome. So then, how did you find out about Writers of the Future? Well,
1: I went to the Superstars Writing Conference this February in Denver. And a lot of people were talking about the contest, and I was nodding and and um, thought, you know, I, I won't enter. That's for real writers. You know, I'm really just a beginner to this. And um, people like Carrie English and um, Wolf Moon uh, said, you know, you really should should do this. And and Mr Moon actually followed up with me on Facebook with on Messenger, saying, you know, the contest deadline is coming up at the end of March you you should send something in and so I thought well why not I'll give it a go so I sent something in and then promptly forgot about it and until I actually got the uh, call from Joni at Writers of the Future I completely put it out of my head so when I got that call I was absolutely flabbergasted it was it was like it was just beyond what I could have ever possibly dreamed of
0: that's amazing because, so you entered one time to win.
1: Yes, and that, I, I can't believe it myself. So, you know, I keep pinching myself to wake up from this because, it, you know, nobody does that. And it's just ridiculous. So I'm, I'm just, just um, it's just beyond the pale. I have no idea how it happened and I couldn't be more
0: overjoyed. Wow, that's, that's really well done to yourself. That, that's great. So the story you wrote then that you won with was Widow. So briefly describe that. We're not going to be able to listen to it until uh, or read it until uh, next April, but give us a bit of a taste of, wh- of what we can look forward to.
1: Oh, sure. Well, it's a Victorian tea shop owner in Connecticut who serves justice to wicked gangsters with the help of a mysterious new friend. Uh, the new friend may or may not be a banshee. I won't give too many spoilers away, uh, but I have actually set the story here in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut. And uh, the star of the tale is Miss Brina Gill, and she's 55 and resolutely single. And she's facing off against these local gangsters who are trying to shake her down for protection money for her tea shop.
0: Wow. that's I'm just so looking forward to reading that one. So now, when I look at your your webpage, you're a writer, but you've, you're so many other things. So yes. um, what else, like, describe the, the full impact of Elizabeth Chatsworth on planet Earth. Oh, good Lord. Well, <laughs>
1: well no pressure there. But I'll, I'll start by saying my regular day job now is that I'm a voiceover actor. Um, so... I kind of got into this by accidents as well. I started taking an improv class at the Upride Citizens Brigade in New York City and enjoyed interacting with people and um, coming up with, Uh, conversations and and, uh, scenes on the fly. And it sort of led into an interest with acting. And as they say, I have a a great face for radio. So I thought, well, rather than being in front of the camera and, um, you know, having to stay looking 20 for the rest of my life, which I would not be able to do, I thought, let's try voiceover. And fortunately, I have such a quirky accent and uh, couple that with the British accent, I actually am managing to make a living at it, and I turned pro ten years ago.
0: Oh, that's great! So, do you still d- embark in any other marketing activities or anything that you that you did younger? Or are you know, your, your voiceover and writer.
1: Right now, I am voiceover and writer. Those are the those are the two main things. But I have a lot of hobbies as well. Um, I'm interested in things like cosplay. I go to a lot of conventions. Well, you before do. COVID-19, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to a lot of conventions. I love the science fiction and fantasy community. I go to Dragon Con and New York Comic Con and um, all the steampunk events and so on. And I just love meeting people. And I would even, you know, dress up in steampunk cosplay and Walk around in my ball gown and brass goggles and hat and the whole thing, and uh, occasionally Star Wars uh, cosplay as well because you know I've always fancied myself as a as a Leia Organa because you know what what of ladies course. of a certain age have not had that fantasy, um, and uh, yeah I've just always been part of the sci-fi and fantasy. Uh, convention audience Uh, but it's not until I started writing five years ago that I started to appreciate it all on a new level uh, when like for instance at Dragon Con and other uh, cons you can actually join writing groups and meet writer friends as well so now you don't have to just talk about movies and TV series you can actually talk about books and and the things that people are creating and comics and everything so it's just something that's that's just a, a really enjoyable part of my
0: life. That's great. Yeah. Dragon Con has been probably one of our top four favorite conventions we attend every year. We've also got uh, Salt Lake City X. But um, the Dragon Con is is so good. We're we're great friends with the owners of the convention and um, we do a lot with writers and illustrators of the future at that convention. We have panels and we've been uh, featured in some of their Um, major activities during the convention week and they always give us a a nice uh, booth front and center in in the uh, um, art show that we can then provide information for the contest so aspiring artists can uh, find out about and submit to the contest and it's grown quite well a lot of the professionals that are there are both the writer judges and the illustrator judges so it's, it's a great show
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and I found um, that the people at the conventions are, are so wonderfully friendly, and especially even the smaller steampunk conventions. I mean, everybody just is happy to be there. And whereas in some fandoms, people can get, you know, a little bit fussy about, well, you know, that's from that series and not this series, and you can't mix and match that, and, you know, the stitching on that's not quite right. In the steampunk world everybody's just, just making up their own characters. And there's a lot of creativity there because, you know, I'm Lord Fauntleroy or I'm uh, Lady Annabella I'm, You know, you you make up your own character and play that persona if you want to. And so sure. there's, there's just so much creativity there. And it's just a, a really exciting environment to be part of.
0: Yeah, and with Writers of the Future 32, the cover was a, a steampunk cover that was uh, created by our um, winner, uh, Sergey Poyorkov. and yes. um, So that won actually uh, the Starburner Award, which is a big steampunk award that was awarded in, at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. But in there also, Tim Powers wrote an article, The History of uh, Steampunk. I don't know if you have read that or not, but he gives how, that, yes. how the term came to be and how, it, how it, the term was actually created. Yeah, it was
1: kind of a reaction to uh, cyberpunk, uh-huh. you know, it- but we're going to be in a, in more of a historical setting. So we're going to go with steampunk. And then, you know, one thing led to another and they, they coined the phrase that, that, um, that preceded the revolution, if you will, that uh, so many people now have steampunk as part of their day-to-day life and through conventions and, and reading and and. Writing a lot of fan stories and so on, and um, it it all started with coining that phrase and those those guys just getting together in a pub and uh, basically <laughs> yeah. figuring it out. I mean, yeah. that's just amazing.
0: Yeah, it's sometimes you hear things and we're like, I wonder how that started, and all of a sudden that this is how it started. This was the beginning of steampunk. You know how how they came up with it, and and it's become a major subgenre for the science fiction and fantasy world. Yes absolutely yes, so now as a um as your winner of the contest and you've um published or you will have published your first uh, novel next January the brass queen yes um now you've you've basically picked up writing um as a career after already a successful career with marketing, and that mm-hmm. that happens um not that infrequently but um for other people that have always wondered, like, I wonder if I could do it, but I'm afraid to do it, and I've given it myself so much time not doing it, I don't think I can do it now, you know, and all the different self doubt that intensifies and multiplies with added time on, you know, all the years not having tackled uh, becoming a writer. What type of advice or tips would you be able to offer to an aspiring writer or even a person who's looking for a, a new career after completing? retiring from an existing career that they want to they want to be able to take this on
1: well I'm a firm believer that it's never too late to start anything I mean I didn't start writing fiction till I was in my late 40s I was approaching a birthday with a five and a zero in it which I um,
0: still totally reject but anyway go ahead
1: Oh, God bless you, sir. That's that's very kind. Very kind. That's because Zoom has one of those uh, filters on it.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. But anyway, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Uh, But uh, yes, so I was approaching this uh, birthday with the five and the zero in it. And I was talking about things I hadn't quite got around to doing yet in life. And one of the things was uh, I'd never written a a book, and um, I'd studied English literature at university. I've always been an avid reader. And it was just one of those things I never quite got around to it. You know, there was always other things pulling on my attention. And my husband said, well, you know, it's not too late to start. And I said, well, I don't know even where to begin. And he suggested just go and find a class. So I signed up for an online writing class. And by sheer luck, I actually chose uh, David Farland's story puzzle class. You know, I couldn't have wished for a better instructor and it, that was another dumb luck thing that just put me in in a position to learn from the best. And one of the first uh, world building exercises, I actually wrote a steampunk story because I was going to steampunk conventions. And that's what I was interested in. And David read it and said, you know, um, if I read this as a first chapter in a book uh, in a bookstore, I would pay thirty five dollars for my hardcover and I would read it, and I'd be very happy, and you should write this book. And that's where I really got the encouragement to go for it. So that was five years ago. I am now finally being published in January 2021, and it's unbelievable. But if I'd never taken that first step to starting, even though I was – approaching that special birthday I wouldn't be where I am today so my advice is always give it a go Uh, whatever career you're doing it can always transition to another career whether it's related or something different and why not try I mean if you fail you've at least given it a go and you found out what can happen but you know life's short you've just got to make the most of it
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We also created this Writers of the Future online workshop that was released in April where we have about a dozen video interviews with Dave Farland, Orson Scott Card, and Tim Powers teaching the Writers of the Future workshop um, the key points of it, which um, we launched, like I said, in April, and we're up to about 4,000 people on the course now and um, from which is nice about because it's now from over 55 countries so it enables people from all over the world to be able to be taught by I say you're taught by Dave Farland so by him as well as two other major international best-selling authors and that would fall into that same category of like take a course and learn just get some of the basics and the product of this workshop is to be able to write a story and submit it to the writers of the future
1: Well, that's an amazing opportunity. I know the course is free. And if I was starting today, that would probably be the very first place I would go and uh, just dip dip my toe in that water, just dip my toe in that water and sign up um, to learn from the greats. And, you know, from then on, you you can study with Dave, you can study with uh, uh, various great authors. And why not? Why not learn from the best, especially if it's free? I mean, go for it. I mean, that. That would be my advice to anybody starting out
0: today. That would be great. And the other thing, too, you, you were mentioning that you, know, you entered and you won in the first shot. We've got winners, though, who have been, I think our record is 45 times they've entered the contest before winning. And quite often, someone will submit and submit like Kevin Anderson. He's, I think he submitted 17 times. Then he proed out. Um, <gasps> Robert J. Sawyer submitted seven times, I think it was. and Then he proed out. So wow. a lot of the a lot of the big like uh, last year when I met up with and met Joe Black um, Stephen King's son um, yes. at a convention talked to him for briefly he said yeah he had, he was a finalist in writers of the future and um, so it's you know Brandon Sanderson I was really surprised when I was talking about becoming a judge he said yeah I entered the contest I was a finalist and for him it was at a time when he was seriously considering changing directions in what he wanted to do because he what he had he'd been trying and trying and trying hadn't sold anything and it was after his finalist certificate that he received for writers of future that he said okay good just persist. don't don't give up and he kept going and then obviously everything else is now history he's you know one of the best-selling yeah. writers so um i think too that people need to like you know Give it a shot, and if you don't win the first time, keep on entering, because there's some people, we have one winner this year that's been entering since 2005 and finally won the contest. She's been doing a lot with poetry, but never succeeded with writing um, science fiction and fantasy until just, you know, finally winning this contest. But she'd been entering, I don't know how many times in the, you know, in the last 15 years. So it's, it's something that people can continue to write, and you're always encouraged to write.
1: Yes. Well, ninety-nine percent of success is about persistence. So definitely keep going, even if you don't win or don't get an honourable mention. I mean, eventually you you may well get there. So you never know unless you try. And also, don't self-eliminate. I mean, I've known you know about this contest for years. Uh, you know, in the background, I've heard people mention it, and just never thought, oh, you know, that's for me because. I always thought that was for the real writers, you know, those people who can (laughs) really do something with words on paper. I mean, and I didn't see myself that way. I don't know if it's uh, being, um, you know, uh, English and being, you know, uh, perhaps uh, not not quite as confident as, as Americans or other folks, but just not necessarily thinking I had the goods to put it out there. And then, you know, giving it a go mm-hmm. I, I actually got through and if i'd self-eliminated if i hadn't listened to those people at superstars and um that then i would never have made that leap to my first professional sale the 8 cents a word i mean that's uh, that's just a fantastic thing so don't self-eliminate and if you put yourself out there and don't get there the first time just keep going because eventually i'm sure you will
0: that's great as regards to um, The Red Future Contest, it came as a result of, or directly following, Elwin Hubbard writing uh, the book and publishing the book, Battlefield Earth. And it became an international bestseller, and it was um, um, just a major science fiction epic story, adventure epic story. So, um, now, when we spoke before, and you said you'd read that, so a little bit of what you can say about elwin uh, Hubbard as a, as an author, either from Battlefield Earth or from any other stories of his that you read.
1: Well, clearly, Elwyn Hubbard is a very talented writer. I mean Battlefield Earth is uh, just a wonderful adventure story with so many different elements and it's wonderful that he actually had the foresight to set up this contest and give timeless advice to uh, beginner writers you know he, he always seemed to have a special grasp of the power of words and art and actually taking the time and essentially putting his estate to work to to support this contest through the last 37 years is pretty amazing I think that's a a great legacy should I ever become a a very successful author uh, that's certainly what I would want to do with with my uh, legacy is is to inspire new authors and um, it's just a, a wonderful thing that he's put together here
0: That's great. So thank you very much, Elizabeth. It's been great speaking with you, and I really do look forward to uh, meeting you in real life, hopefully this coming April.
1: Oh, I can't wait. Um, I'm so looking forward to uh, meeting real people again in real time, in real life, and giving them a hug. I really appreciate your time here today, John.
0: Great. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Writers of the Future podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The Writers of the Future podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeart, and Spotify. Writers and illustrators of the future are contests created by Elron Hubbard to provide a means for the aspiring writer and artist to be seen and acknowledged. It is free to enter and open to new and amateur short story writers and artists of science fiction or fantasy. Again, thank you very much, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you so much.